Welcome back to What's on Your Mind. I'm Dr. Gene Bresson. And I'm Dr. Steve Schlossman. And we're child psychiatrists at the Clay Center for Young Healthy Minds at the Massachusetts General Hospital. Here's what we'll talk about today. Today, we're going to be talking about child homelessness, an invisible national crisis. Uh, in a report by the National Center on Family Homelessness, um, it indicates that there's about 2.5 million children who are homeless each year. And from 2012 to 13, nationally, the numbers increased by about 8%. This is a huge problem. We are really delighted to have two guests today. Mary Coleman is the Dean of the College of Liberal Arts and Sciences at Lesley University. And Laurie Schoen is a Lesley alum, and she's also a philanthropist, teacher, and a child advocate. So... We think about this long. I was pausing because I was trying to get my mind around two and a half million people. That's like half the size of the city of Boston. I mean, that's a huge number, and and we don't see them on the. I mean, I know I'm supposed to read right now, like what the causes are, but I just want to bring this up for us to talk about. We don't see these kids on the street. Like I, yeah, yeah. So not only is this a problem, but it's a problem that we don't see, which might make us less likely to do something about it. So that's part of the reason we're doing this. Exactly. Yeah, so, so we want to make the invisible visible. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm sorry if that sounds preachy, but I just wanted to no. get that out. Um, so, so look, there are there are some causes that have come to light. Um, overall, and this is not like a news to anybody. There's a relatively high poverty level for this nation, surprisingly high, given how wealthy this nation is, and that gap between rich and poor is is growing in ways that I don't think any of us ought to be comfortable with. There's been this recent recession. It's still going on. We are getting better. The job reports came out today, which are better, but still things are awfully hard for an awful lot of people. Minimum wages are difficult. Folks are having a hard time making ends meet. On top of that, you add the challenges of single parenting and then this almost ubiquitous issue of trauma among kids who, who, who are homeless and their families. All those things come together to create this cliche of the perfect storm and, and lead to this problem. And, you know, we've recently heard that um, our mayor, Marty Walsh, is going to make homelessness a priority. But what I think we want to focus on is the children who are really invisible. And, and uh, you know, Leslie has been phenomenally uh, innovative in creating a child homelessness initiative. So, so Mary, could you tell us a little bit about what you see as the major problems and, and why you and Laurie created this, this, this incredible project? Yeah, Lori is a really a teacher, and she loves children. And having graduated from Leslie University, I think it's just second nature for Lori and for those who love children to ask, what can we do now, today, that might make a difference in the lives of children now and today? So at Leslie University, we take pride in creating great teachers, many of whom go into elementary education and pre-kindergarten even, so one of the things we want to do with the Child Homelessness Initiative is to ensure that when our students graduate, when they walk across the stage, they do so with the knowledge of the origins of homelessness. They do so with some understanding about the developing brain of infants and toddlers, especially those who have been traumatized. And that they, they do so knowing that they can impact the lives of these young ones, probably as much as parents do in the early stages. And so in a way, that's what CHI symbolizes, our effort to ensure that every single student knows concretely about the challenges associated with child homelessness. I think one of the really remarkable things, and I've worked with homeless children for over 20 years, is just how they they really are invisible. 
And what's so alarming is it's the fastest rate of homelessness to grow in the country. It, it's an alarming rate. They estimate of those numbers at two and a half million homeless children that half or more are under the age of six, which is just there's no safety net for them. And so I think I brought the challenge to Leslie University, and they just responded remarkably well by creating this program. And what's really important is that it opens the eyes of not only the community at large, which I think is we need to have that in order to change policy, in order to change how we see these children, but really giving the caretakers and the people I see who are on the front line with these children the tools, the resources, even just the camaraderie almost of understanding what the issues are and how do we start to address them. And I think, you know, having a louder voice and empowering the people who really are on the front line is the first place to do it. But we also need the community at large to understand what this is, issue is. And, and Laura, you've largely focused on teachers or, or on student teachers, right? Is that, is that the primary focus and, or, 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 or what? Oh, well, I think it is, although I think what's so great about Lesley University, it's traditionally seen as a place that, and that does create great teachers, but it also creates great social workers and advocates and people who really infiltrate all areas of public policy and of public service, really. And I think that's really been an important piece. And what's been remarkable is we have, you know, a pilot course, which is really an introductory course, and the students who who take that course can be from any background at Lesley University. So you get people who are studying policy or psychiatry or, or psychology. Expressive therapies. Exactly. And I think some of them, it really sticks and resonates and they decide, okay, I'm going to go out and do something. Mm-hmm. So Leslie offers them the opportunity to work um, firsthand with these children through internships. And I think I've really seen some teachers who didn't know that this is what their passion was or that this was an issue. And I think it's, it just resonated so much with them that they've really made it, you know, changed their course uh, of studies to really address this issue. So it's definitely been impactful across the board. And you know what, to me, even if it means that when you go home from college and you have dinner and you talk about the fact that there are Two and a half million homeless children. The more we talk about it, the better. Oh, not just home from college. I mean, I went home and talked to my kids about it when I first met uh, mm-hmm. both of you. Um, my daughter was actually a, kind of appalled. My my high school age daughter was um, angry at us for living in the nice mm-hmm. suburbs, um, mm-hmm. and and not not in a bad way. She's you know I said, well, you can be angry, but let's let's do something with that. Let's mm-hmm. figure out what you're going to do to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And and you know, I, so I think that brings up this interesting issue. I want to hear about this initiative, but I want to stress as we hear about it that we don't have a template. Like th- this program at Leslie is the only one that I know of, and I looked all over the internet kind of doing my due diligence before we did this this interview. Mm-hmm. There's nothing else like it, and we don't have a template. Imagine being six years old and dealing in this world. It's four degrees out right now, dealing in this world and being homeless. Imagine that. I don't think many of us can unless we've been there. So how do you guys address that? What's What does the initiative look like? So there are five courses in terms of the curriculum. Lori's mentioned the first course, which I refer to as a cornerstone course. In that course, students learn about the origins of homelessness, the structural origins of homelessness. Inequality is probably sort of at the root of it, but poverty certainly is also a carrier of homelessness. Um, When you say inequality, just tell me a little bit more about that. This notion that a child can be born in the poorest place in the United States And by knowing that alone, we can actually project their life chances. 
So we're looking at a nation where opportunity is a mantra. We're looking at a nation where pulling oneself up by one's bootstrap is supposed to be a possibility. And yet the markers of poverty and homelessness are often at birth. And kids can overcome those odds and families can overcome those odds, but not without intervention. Right. So the American dream, this, I guess it's not a secret that it's not the same for everybody. But the American the, dream is in crisis. Right. And yeah. the predictability of, of yes. it, is, that's the thing that's really shocking. Yes, absolutely. This is why the CHI conference, and, and I'm getting ahead of this that's a fine. little bit, that's okay. but <laughs> that's why the CHI conference is so important because Robert Putnam, a political scientist at Harvard, has done so much work in the last four years looking at inopportunity in this nation. And so his book is called Our Kids, the American Dream in Crises, because it is. It encapsulates the challenge that we face, but we're determined to do our part, at least to make students aware and to make social service providers, I think, think more about the ways in which partnerships might strengthen the work that they do with families. And then, of course, at the national level, we have to talk about advocacy. What might it mean to really, really strive to eradicate homelessness in this country, especially for infants and toddlers? To make a real effort as opposed to lip service. Absolutely. And let me follow up on that. The CHI conference is an annual discussion that you sponsor, and and that's going to be March March 2nd. March second yes. this year. Yes, and the lecture I mentioned is at six thirty in the in the evening, but during the day, what we're trying to do is pull together mayors of cities, large and small, throughout this Commonwealth, to ask them questions about what they're doing and why they're doing it, and to ask questions about the effectiveness of interventions. And we're pulling together state leaders as well, some of whom had a role to play in the very successful legislation that just passed before De- Deval Patrick parted office and handed it over to Charlie Baker. But one of the things that we're going to do is ask what difference it makes and how do we know what's effective. And then we're going to talk, of course, to teachers who are again on the front lines and asking different questions about the classroom. So we hope it's going to be a long day of conversation about what we're doing that actually works and how we can do more of that. So let me go back. Uh, the conference is, is one piece, mm-hmm. but what, what are the other components of, of the, the curriculum? curriculum? Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I began with the Child Homelessness Cornerstone course. So what are the origins of homelessness? That's the first question we attempt to answer. The second course that we offer is a course that helps students appreciate the ways in which the uh, growing brains of infants and toddlers can actually be rewired in a way that makes them healthier, that makes them more amenable to play and imagination and growth and opportunity. So we created a neuroscience minor. It actually has five classes so that students who want to study early childhood can minor in neuroscience, so that when they walk in a first grade class, they actually know something about the mind of, so, of, of a first so a first grader. So, so that piece is really important. So, all total, it's about seven courses, including the neuroscience minor. And our dream is to make all of these courses available to the public, not just to the students at the university. Well, that would be great. I think. Let me just say clinically, we know we know that trauma actually biologically interferes with the capacity for kids to play coherently, mm-hmm. to tell a coherent narrative, to tell a story. So we also know that with appropriate you know, care, appropriate holding environments, we can rewire that brain, as you say, and make it work more appropriately. The last course is on parental resiliency, and it's the course to me that holds together entire curriculum because children need to go home to parents who can function, who want very much to function, who can read to them 
who can explain patiently what a child is experiencing or seeing. So we know we need these bookends. We need to think about neuroscience. We need to think about teachers, but we also need to ask how might we empower parents to become much more resilient, especially when they're working against such great odds. And one of the things that when I first when I first met you guys that I was so impressed with, and Laurie, you, you can maybe speak to this, is that you chose schools as kind of a safe place so that you could actually combine the curriculum that you're teaching the teachers and a place for parents to come to. Because, I mean, let's face it, uh, kids have to go to school, and if they're homeless, how do you get in touch with them? What's going to be the place where you can actually reach the parents to help help them learn resiliency. So you chose schools as being kind of a, a safe space? Yes, and I think it, it should be. And that, that's typically where a child spends the most time when they're away from their parent is at school. So it's an ideal place to have that be um, a safe haven for the kids and for the parents to feel that they can go there and they have the support and maybe the the context that they need to get help outside, you know, when they're wondering, how do I get my child immunized? Or where do I feed my child? Or, you know, if I lose my home, and I'm not going to stay in my car, because it's four degrees out, where do I find shelter? So I think ideally, we'd like to really use the school as the, an infrastructure to get that information out. And for really young kids, you know, I, kids under six don't have to go to school. So I think if anything, we're huge proponents of the idea of universal preschool. We need to have that in this country. It's a shame that we don't have it. And really, the the goal, I think, overall here is that homelessness and hopelessness are so closely linked when you spell them out, and they shouldn't be equated. One should not be equated with the other. And I think our goal is really to empower the people on the front line to educate people, the community at large, and really to make hope an opportunity for these children. Well, we have a lot more to talk about, and fortunately, this is going to be the first of three podcasts that the Clay Center will be doing in conjunction with Leslie University. In the next one, we'll have a student from Leslie who had been homeless Mm -hmm. and is within the Child Homelessness Initiative Mm -hmm. with her teacher. Exactly. Now she's a graduate student, so she's learned to overcome great odds. Great challenges. Yeah. Well, I can't thank both of you enough, and if anybody has any questions or comments or wants to uh, leave them with us, please, please do so. And um, we'll see you next time. I'm Gene Barrasson. And I'm Steve Schlossman. Thanks very much. Thank you, guys.